0: Hello and welcome to Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about female characters who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Lane Fargo and I'm here with Kristen Lepianca. Hello. And Wendy Hurd. Hello. And um, as we are recording this, it is March 22nd um, and we're in the middle of, well, we're in a shelter in place order here in Chicago, I think similar thing in LA, like we're really in the midst of the pandemic madness and we hope that by the time this airs in mid-May um, that that will not be happening anymore, <laughs> but we don't know. So we were usually give updates at the beginning of the episode and we were like, what do we talk about? Because if we talk about the pandemic, like maybe it won't be relevant anymore or maybe we'll look back on it and be like, oh, we had it so good back then, like now we're living in bunkers. <laughs> I don't know. So we thought we would just like tell some cute pet stories. People always need that, right? So like what cute shit have your pets been doing lately, ladies? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, the other day, Spencer, my um, black cat, uh, he was sitting on my partner's desk and he was like pawing at her iPad in a way that was like, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to send an email? He was like in her email program and he was pawing at it and we were like, <laughs> what are you doing? And so then, and this is this is true, I swear, uh, Joanna looked at what he was doing and he had enlarged this email that she had gotten. Um, it was like a like you know the the newsletters that um like local like local weekly papers send out and so it was like this newsletter and she had opened the email she had read it and she had not noticed that there was a little blurb about me and Aww. literally Spencer's paw was right on it
0: oh my god That's it so
1: was cute. so cute <laughs> it was the most adorable thing ever
0: Oh, what a Aww. cat. Yeah,
1: he like was alerting us that I was mentioned in there. Oh, so <laughs> such
0: smart. Such a so sweet. Guy.
2: Wow, smart kitty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was uh, dog sitting because we had some friends move to Australia. They got like a last minute, their job moves them to Australia. And so they had the whole process of moving a dog there is really intense, and it takes like a couple months. And it cost them like thousands of dollars. And so we were like housing their dog and facilitating their many vet appointments to get this dog to Australia. And like they like the nice service that they hired, like personally escorts your dog to Australia, basically. Right. And then they get quarantined over there for a couple of weeks and like doggy daycare. It's like a whole thing. And I really miss this dog now because she left and I got really attached to her. And Aww. I just wanted to tell you what she used to do, which was if you howled, she would also howl so if you were like oh she would be like oh and she would howl <laughs> along with you like as long as you wanted to howl and she would even do it like high or low and she would even if you went arr, 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 she would go like arr, 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 arr. like she would copy you oh, that is so cute i feel I like i got attached her. to
0: her just from your instagram like she's oh, so cute
2: she was so cute we called her the tiny wolf because she looks like a big german shepherd but she's like 10 pounds so if you just saw a picture of her, you'd be like, Oh, that's like a big dog but no, she's like a tiny, tiny
0: <laughs> Well, I hope she's happy in Australia. I know, and I guess so like, sad. we're all learning how to quarantine now. It's not just <laughs> the dogs. Oh my god. I know. Yeah, I was having trouble thinking of like any particularly cute story. I mean, my pets are cute all the time, but and they're both just so happy because my partner has been, um, he works at a museum which closed uh, for the pandemic for a few weeks, hopefully just a few weeks. So he, they're used to having me home all the time because I work from home, but he's home now and they are just both like so happy. Like they want to snuggle all the time. I think every day is Saturday they're just living their best lives. So it's it's good that like someone is happy right now. <laughs> the pets, they're innocent. They don't they do not know. They do happy. not know. I
1: saw a tweet um I, I don't remember who it was from, but it was basically about that how like the dog was so happy that everyone was home and he was wagging his tail constantly and then all of a sudden he stopped wagging his tail. So they took the dog to the vet and it turned out that he had he had sprained his tail I from saw that too that much tweet wagging.
0: Too. <laughs> He's like a little dachshund, right? (laughs) He's so cute. So cute. I'm afraid that's going to happen to my dog if this goes on much longer. (laughs) He's just like so happy right now. Yeah. And we did um, yesterday as of this recording. So we were supposed to be this weekend at the Murder and Mayhem Conference in Chicago, which was, like everything else, canceled. But they moved it online. Um, And it actually went really well. It was... um, they had a bunch of panels and like 900 people or more were on al- almost all day and like engaging, wow. uh, leaving comments and it was really fun. I was, it was kind of like what I needed right now, like just enough social interaction. But um, I did a panel with Elizabeth Little and we both brought our black cats like Aww. into the because people were Aww. typing comments like where are everyone's pets. I want to see their pets and Liz and I were like we gotcha. <laughs> so when, we, <laughs> when our video started, we were both like holding our cats like super. Uh, and then they were mad and tried to gloss. Yeah, get away, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. It was an adorable moment for a brief time, <laughs> which is what we need right now. Um, okay. Well, so today's topic, the archetype we're going to discuss today is the bad mother which we are going to re- release this to be timed with the with Mother's Day in the U.S. Like, happy Mother's Day to our moms. I don't know. Um. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we for love Mother's you. Day, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. You will now be working full time from home while homeschooling your children uh, at the same time. Awful. But the day that we're recording this is actually Mother's Day in the U.K., which I always forget that they do it at a different time than the U.S. Um, but so, yeah, we're going to talk about... Terrible mothers, which will maybe make us all appreciate our own mothers more. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I thought like an interesting way to start would be to talk about some characters we consider to be good mothers, because I feel like there's a very, we were talking about this before that there's, and this is kind of true of all these archetypes where there's like this narrow space where like if you behave in this certain way then like you're okay in terms of the patriarchy and like you you're you're doing okay if you follow all of these rules like you can't be too extreme in one direction or another um and i think that is especially true for this archetype because it's like you're a bad mother if you are too neglectful but also if you're too like engaged in smothering, controlling, like trying to get too involved in your kids' lives. Um, If you're, or if you're like too mean, but then if you're too nice and indulgent and let your kids get away with everything, like you can't go to extremes. You have to be like right down the middle. What do you guys think about that?
2: Oh, I think about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should say, like Wendy, you're the only mother here, so I feel like you're you're our, our expert. You can just well <laughs> tell I us get, about it.
2: And my thought, my feelings about motherhood get also really confused and tangled up with all my issues with gender and like what it is to be, because like to be a good mother, you have to be first and foremost a woman and a, a good woman, like a feminine woman. You know, you can't be like you know, a butch lesbian and and fall into any of these mother, you know what I mean? Like you have to present in like a femme way, first of all, to fall into any of these categories. So for me, it's also tangled up in like queerness and like identity Mm. that way. And it gets confusing. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: You don't have your like perfect little apron with cupcakes on it. And you're just like baking all day. Even the
2: career mother who like even a good career mother, like Mrs. Murray from A Wrinkle in Time. I thought she was a great mother. She's a brilliant scientist. She's raising four kids. Her husband goes MIA. She still does it. You know, I don't know if you liked that book as a kid. I loved that book as a kid, but like, she's very nurturing and everything. But like, she's still straight. She still has a husband. She's still a woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, it's really confusing to try to like, I don't know, navigate it. Like, you're not going to, there's no examples in popular culture of, a good queer mother or like, a gay mother or maybe even, like, a non-binary mother. You know, there's nothing like that.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of any.
1: No, I feel like there's a show that I can't remember the name of. So that's not a very good example because I can't remember the name of it. Um, but come back to me. Maybe I'll think of it.
2: Like, I'm sure there's some niche examples or niche examples, but, like, there's not, like, a, a widely loved beloved, you know,
0: queer mom, really, that I can think no, of. No, I mean, the only ones that come to mind are from Grey's Anatomy, Arizona, and Callie. I think they're queer and they were yeah. good mothers, although, like, kind of controversial in some ways, and I have more Grey's Anatomy examples later. There's so yeah. much interesting
1: stuff about motherhood on that show. I but wish they I was... would have, yeah. Well, on the on the sort of subtopic of, of queerness and motherhood, like, it's not really any wonder that we don't have tons of examples of good queer mothers because queerness is almost always introduced as some kind of a plot point anyway so it's like of course we don't have any good examples like queerness itself is not being handled properly
0: yeah that's true that's a good point Yeah, when I was trying to think of who were, like, kind of indisputable good mothers in pop culture, like, the one that came to mind for me was Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Mm. Um, And she is, like, she has a career. She's, like, the principal of the school for a while, but she is very feminine. She's got, like, gorgeous long blonde hair and a cute southern accent and all this stuff. Um, I think she's one where she fits that, like... She's caring and empathetic, but she's also very, like, no nonsense and doesn't let people get away with bullshit. So <laughs> that seems to be, like, the winning combination in pop culture, at least. Um, and then the other one I thought of was President Claremont from the book Red, White, and Royal Blue, who, like, actually, I kind of pictured Connie Britton, who play- plays Tammy Taylor, when I was reading this character like she's very similar it's like that vibe of no nonsense but like cares about her kids
2: well you know what's funny though i heard Kay- i've heard casey mcquiston talk a number of times about the controversiality of that uh of that mom and like how people do call that mom unlikable sometimes and stuff like really? that. really yeah I think
0: she's like the fucking best what are they no.
2: saying about her um, and she and uh casey i believe they they do um acknowledge that this is a bit of a of a controversial character they've written Mm-hmm. Yeah, that there's like something in the way that she's willing to use her children to um, to f- further her career if need be and stuff like that. I I read her as a great oh, mom, but that's... there are moments in her character where she's like, I just need you to, you know, do this for me and then we can do this. You know, like she's kind of like she does always have her career in her mind front and center. That's true. But she's the fucking president. <laughs> right. But that's something, I mean, even, that's the thing as a mom. Even if you are the president, you do not get a pass. You don't get a pass. There is no, there will be no pass.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting because I see in that character, like she's in this very difficult, touchy situation that she's trying to manage. And she's trying to protect her kids and do her job. and, And it is kind of impossible to be like perfect in that. But I had no idea that she was a controversial character. I thought she was like the best mom ever like I wish she was the president and my mom and just yeah like everyone's mom
2: <laughs> well I think it's worth saying like you can be dying of cancer you do not get a pass to not be a good mom like there's wow, literally yeah. you know what I'm saying like in our culture there is just no
0: leeway I I won't feel do you do you all agree I think you're absolutely right yeah yeah
1: um,
0: I don't know I mean I don't personally know what that pressure is like um I was thinking about this too like i obviously i don't have kids i do not intend to have kids i had my tubes tied when i was 28 because i knew that i didn't want to be a mother and part of it was i just thought i would be a really bad one like i was like i will be the sort of mom who is bothered by my kids because i'm you know i'm huge introvert i love my alone time although like this quarantine thing it's like a little much (laughs) i would like to see people occasionally um but I could just picture myself being the kind of mom who, like, I'm working on my own projects and, like, my kid comes in and, like, wants my attention and I'm like, no, get away from me, like, just being really selfish with my time and not being super caring and empathetic and I just knew I would be a really bad mother and I didn't want to do that to a kid, so Mm -hmm. got my tubes tied and it's the best decision I ever made. Yeah, and the question becomes not, sometimes I
2: think the question is not, like, should we relax the standard for women, but should we...
1: Um, increase
0: the standard for men yes I think well uh, we should increase the standards for men in every area <laughs> well yes
1: they they're not really pulling their weight so
0: but yeah the standard to be a good father is basically to be like breathing and like pay five minutes of attention to your kid a day right. like it's so the bar is so low which isn't to say I mean I know a lot of men who are amazing engaged fathers um, and that's definitely something I pay attention to because I had I had a great mother, but a terrible father. <laughs> so <laughs> when I see men who are good fathers, it's like it just warms my heart. But the the bar is, is very low to be considered such. Well, shall we talk about some examples of bad mothers in
1: pop culture? Yes, let's do it. All right, what you got? Um, so first, I would like to talk about um, the book A Simple Favor by Darcy Bell, which it <gasps> yes. has... Um, two really fascinating characters. So, like, Emily um, is a pretty classic bad mother. She, like, abandons her kids. She's totally checked out. Um, her own mother is kind of a bad one as well. But then sort of as her opposite in this book, Stephanie is really, like, portrayed as, like, the classic supermom, but in a way that everyone else finds really irritating. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic. Like is Stephanie a good mom? Is she a better mom than Emily? Like probably, but is she a good mom? I don't know. And the dynamic between them is so interesting that there's so much contrast because Stephanie is, you know, very sweet and she's like obsessed with her children and she records, uh, or she has a blog in the book and it's a, like a video diary in the movie. um, A parenting blog where she she opens every video with hi moms and it's just like it becomes this hilarious joke through the movie um, that she just is this constantly over prepared and bringing she wants to sign up for all of the volunteer slots at her kids school and the other parents are just like oh we hate this person (laughs) Um, and it's just it's really kind of interesting to watch the way that those two characters interact throughout that book
0: That's again, it's the like, Stephanie cares too much. She's too engaged. She's She's too too, engaged. Emily's not
1: engaged enough. Like they're both not doing it right.
0: (laughs) The Goldilocks shit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It gotta be just right. I have not read that book, but I saw the movie and um, it's, fabulous and blake lively is so hot <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yes it's ridiculous
1: the movie is fantastic the book um the movie is is one of those rare cases where the movie is a better version of itself than the book is like um so if you haven't read the book you can possibly skip it enjoy um, blake lively and menswear yes exactly so, so hot <laughs> mm-hmm
0: One I wanted to talk about um, is Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones, who I think is a very interesting example because the one nice thing that some people will say about this character is that she really cares about her children. I mean, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like, I was she like, it, but it's sort of, um, I've seen people argue it both ways where it's like she really cares about her children, or is she just a narcissist and they're like an extension of her, mm. herself, and she doesn't actually care about them? Like, I think that's an interesting thing as well. But I was just remembering there's this Cersei Lannister meme that was going around for a while that's like a picture of her on the Iron Throne that says, I'm here to love my children and blow shit up, and I'm all out of children. Yeah. <laughs> Because it really is, like, she loses, it's not a spoiler now, because the show's been over, I guess, but, like, she has three children um, when the series starts, and they all die, like, throughout, because everybody fucking dies on that show, and, um, like, as each of them dies, she becomes, like, more and more unhinged and vengeful, and it really is, like, take, taking care of her children, trying to protect them was the only thing keeping her from just, like, destroying the world. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I just bring it into like, I, I think I really liked about her character was, you know, you can be a terrible person and still have like a, a fierce love for your children. Like those things, you don't have to be a nice person to love your children and your children don't have to be good for you to love them. Like there is something sort of amazing about that dynamic that that maternal love is sort of like. I don't know. It kind of is above all of that or it's that's like true unconditional love. You know, you, nothing nothing is required except that you just be there.
0: Cuz one of her children is a full psychopath and yeah. she still loves him and seems kind of like mad about it in a way, but like <laughs> she can't help but love him cuz he's her son. Yeah.
2: Well, and you wouldn't be able to help but love them. Like if my daughter grew up and became a psychopath or even like killed somebody, yeah, I would not be able to help still loving her. I would not mm-hmm change my love for her at all and you know it's like that's part of that's sort of the unique aspect of motherhood right or i guess i I can't speak to fatherhood so i'm not trying to but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i kind of like that about her character actually i really like that i like that she's bad and her kids are bad but it's almost like is their love the only redeeming thing about
0: them i don't know well two of her kids aren't bad true two of them are they like turned out pretty good yeah, actually that's amazingly true. considering <laughs> it's really just the one who's who's terrible mm-hmm. um yeah I think she's she's fascinating because that is like the one thing that people will concede about her sometimes they're mm-hmm. like she's a terrible awful person no redeeming qualities except that she loves her children and even that is something that people will mm-hmm. debate
2: I mean there is that narcissistic mom whose kids are just an extension of herself but i don't think you
0: can deny that she still loves her children yeah i don't know i've heard people say that about like trump too they're like well he loves his children and i'm like does he or are they just part of his brand (laughs) (laughs) right except for eric um (laughs) yeah
2: okay other examples uh so here's a here's one um wait are we on good moms or bad moms bad moms forever Okay, can I tell you one of my favorite "quote unquote" bad moms? Yeah, is the mom from American Beauty, Carolyn Wilter. <laughs> oh God, I love her. Oh my her. God, I she's love her. So a lot. amazing. I think about
0: that where she's like, "I will sell this house today." I like to yes. think about that like every day.
2: <laughs> what about when he when they're having sex and he's like, "How does it feel to get fucked by the king of real estate?" Remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And her legs are like all up.
0: <laughs> she calls him "Your Majesty." Uh, uh, I love that movie, but I'm afraid to rewatch it, considering a lot of things. I mean, Kevin Spacey, obviously. But okay, just, right. well, oh, I bring God. that
2: character up because I'm like, let's talk about the fact that Kevin Spacey is a borderline pedophile? Question mark At least someone with some kind of a complex or some kind of a personality disorder that causes him to want to return to high school and have sex with a high school girl
0: i'm like oh wait are we talking about kevin spacey or lester burnham because i'm confused
1: (laughs) 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 either way um
0: yeah and the
2: treatment he gets in this movie and in popular culture is kind of heroic anti he's like an anti-hero
0: right yeah he's rebelling against the system but then yeah she's and she is part of the system oppressing him Hmm. She's oppressing him by wanting him to like be a responsible adult and not fuck teenagers. Like, yeah. What a horrible bitch. <laughs> but
2: like that, yeah, exactly. She is repressing him by not, by wanting him to like have a career and be a partner and an equal parent. Don't you remember all those moments where she's like Lester because he's like undermining her parenting?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And yet she's the bad parent. In my in my analysis of this movie, I'm like, yeah, she's clearly
0: the bad one as far as the movie is concerned, right? Mm -hmm. She's definitely set up as an antagonist since he's the main character. I don't know. I think you can watch it multiple ways, but since it was a movie made by men, yeah, that's (laughs) how I read it too. Right.
2: And I'm kind of fascinated by that and I want to hear what you think.
0: I mean, I love her and I think she's doing her best. (laughs) (laughs) And if she wants to fuck Peter Gallagher, like, don't we all? I mean, it's fine.
2: Do you think she's a bad mom? She's a disconnected mom. Like, she's having a hard time connecting with her kids.
0: Yeah, she is, like, a disconnected mom. I think she – I don't know. The way I've always read that character is that maybe she was a better mom when her daughter was younger. And as she's, like, a teenager now, she just doesn't know –
1: She doesn't know how to talk to her. But she
0: cares about her, like, obviously. But she does need her daughter to
2: fit into a certain mold. And that's the hard thing. It's like, as a mom, you're not supposed to be too controlling – but you are supposed to have control. Mm-hmm. You're never supposed to lose control of your children, but you are not allowed to be controlling.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say she's not a great mom, but she's, like, he's not any better as a dad. Like, they both kind of suck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Which is also, I think, a perspective in the movie, because if you looked at it from the daughter's point of view, that is her perspective. Right, that Her yeah. parents are both terrible. Mm-hmm. And she's correct. Like, the daughter is clearly the the voice of truth in that movie. Yes. I love
1: her. Um, I would like to shout out Betty Draper, who I feel like I'm going to talk uh. about in many uh, different archetype episodes that we do because she's just so interesting and she fits into so many. Um, and, like, to be clear, both Betty and Don Draper are horrible parents. Yes, yes. And um it it is arguable if either of them love their children at all it's very hard to say um but like betty is just so uh she's like so concerned with the appearance of things and appearing like a good mother is very important to her but actually like talking to her children like they're human beings that's not something she cares about like she's just constantly barking at them and uh, the, the way that she is with Sally, especially because um, she's like she's internalized all of that um, pressure of what a woman is supposed to be. And like because the show takes place in the 1960s where there is a lot of social change and the roles of women are changing. And like I think Betty has a really hard time adapting to that. Like she's she really yeah. struggles with like the ways in which. Uh, Sally Draper is not like just a sweet, pretty little girl.
0: Hmm. I was just thinking, yeah, they're both terrible parents, but I feel like when people talk about how awful Don is, they talk more about him being a bad husband, yeah, and not a bad father, yeah. And she's Betty's like a bad wife, a bad mother, everything. Like everyone just hates her for every reason, and she is indeed a very bad mother. She's yes. mean to them. So she's, mean. Yeah.
1: But like, and Don is hugely absent. From them, yes, but he is not mean to them,
0: right? No, yeah. He's like providing for them, like the man is supposed to do. Yeah, but I think
2: it's—I love her character because I do think it shows, first of all, how just as a wife is sort of a thing that a man has for status or to show that he's a type of man. So are children in that world a thing that a woman has to show that she's a type of woman with a certain status? You're. You know, there's like a dehumanizing of of people in their immediate families.
1: Hmm, That's interesting. And like, I think
2: it's also though, when I would see Betty Draper, I'd be like, but here's the thing. She is stuck in a fucking house with these kids 24 seven. Like she does not get to escape. There's no weekends away. There's no nights away. There's no days away. Like she's trapped in this world and they give her these moments where she's like horseback riding or she gets one thing and she, you could see how like, that just means so much to have one thing that's just hers. You know what I mean? Like, she just doesn't get a lot of her own identity. And you can see that rage and how she takes it out on her children.
1: Yeah. Because
0: they're there. Like, they're the ones in her orbit. So it totally makes sense.
1: Well, and
2: it's kind of their fault in her mind. Like, because before the kids came along, this was my life. And now, here I am. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That scene where Sally... Smokes a cigarette, pretending to be her mom. Yeah, and she like pulls her hair.
1: Yeah, it's so good. Oh, yeah. Betty is very like she's always like, like I mean she doesn't like. Well, I guess she does at some point slap Sally. She um, does. When yeah, I think after Sally cuts her hair, is that right? Yeah, something like that. Um, but like, so she's not like hitting them constantly but she is like pinching and dragging and pulling at them a lot. Like it would not be very pleasant to be handled by her.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think we mentioned this the last time we were talking about her in the mean girl episode that she clearly comes from an abusive background herself. She had a bad mother and she's like carrying on this cycle of abuse, which doesn't justify it, but it makes it more understandable in context.
2: Well, they give you these little moments where she's talking about her mom and it's just like, I don't know. It's like chilling.
0: It
1: is like th- we know very little about her mom, but what we know is like, oh dear, yeah. <laughs> like every moment, and and it doesn't even always seem like she. It's not like when she's talking about those moments, she's saying like, "Here's this example of how horrible my mother was." Like sometimes there are examples of that she thinks are maybe nice, even
0: like yes, she has a very
1: bad. yeah, she has a very distorted view of that. That makes it even
0: more chilling. Yes. And
2: I keep thinking with her that she's just constantly acting out and taking it out on her kids because they're the powerless ones. But like she's been passed along. Like first her parents owned her Mm -hmm. and then passed her off to college where she was passed off to. And the only thing she ever really did was that modeling thing she had. Mm -hmm. And she talks about that. Remember that when she was doing Coca-Cola and she was like reliving it for a minute and mm-hmm. you could see that was like the only time she ever had autonomy and then immediately she got married and it was taken away and it's just like she's just been like passed from authority figure to authority
1: figure yeah yeah Ugh. she's such an interesting character Ugh, i just love her i know
2: can i tell you who i think is like the epic bad mom of all time
0: yeah the mom in sharp objects
2: yes. jillian Fr- oh my god <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so
0: bad oh. i was thinking about her too and i was thinking about in that particular situation the dad like he knows what she's doing on some level and he's like enabling her right like so that yes. is interesting to me too it's like she is a monster like no question 100 percent. but like he must know and do we really think he is like so under her thumb that he like he's letting her do this stuff too
1: yeah for sure. Sure. oh yeah Oh yeah I also think On the topic of Gillian Flynn So um, Dark Places Mm -hmm. The mom Patty Like Like On one hand Like it's not You can't call What she chooses To do Selfless Exactly Because it's Horrible Right But She thought She didn't have Any other choice Like she thought She was doing What was best It was She was wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) very wrong but like i think that like her decision to like um essentially have her family murdered or have herself murdered so that her kids could um like so that this financial situation could be resolved like that's a horrible thing that she does and to to have Like, to think, oh, my family would be fine after this. Like, that's awful. But (laughs) it's like, you know, like, I can see how, like, in her mind, like, it's the ultimate sacrifice, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, Gillian writes some great bad mothers. Yes. So we'll be bringing her up a lot in all of these episodes, too. Yeah. Oh, another one I wanted to mention is, um, I don't know if you watch the show, Kristen, but I know you do, Wendy. So I'm on Grey's Anatomy, Meredith's mom, Ellis Gray. Yes, Ellis
2: Gray. Mm, No. Epic bad mom.
0: Epic bad mom. So she is this uh, very, like, well, like, renowned surgeon and... is very obsessed with her career and like Meredith, the main character grows up idolizing her for her like surgical prowess and like becomes a surgeon as well. Kind of following in her footsteps. But Ellis is just, she's like a mean person. (laughs) Yeah, She's fascinating though. Like the actress who plays her, um, Kate Burton, I think her name is she's phenomenal. So like, she's such a fully rounded character, but yeah, she's like neglectful of her daughter. just obsessed with her career. She, has an affair um like that goes on for many years with another doctor at the hospital which um turns into all sorts of plot points because it's a soap opera but uh (laughs) yeah she's fascinating to me because i kind of love her but she's like straight up abusive really i mean the way that she treats meredith
2: oh yeah and like meredith's childhood (laughs) it's like oh
0: wow But she admires her, too. I mean, that's what's so... It's like she can't fully hate her mother because she admires her so much professionally and like wants to be like her. Um, And then her dad was no walk in the park either. But um, Ellis is definitely presented as the worst parent. You know who writes
2: really good uh, bad parents is Megan Collins.
0: That's true. Yeah. Did you read
2: her new one coming out, I think, in September, Behind the Red Door?
0: Yes it's wow. so good I think it comes out in August although who oh. knows who knows about anything right <laughs> we don't know when anything is happening it's all it's all <laughs> up in the air um, yeah and then in the winter sister which yep. well we had Megan on last year I think and talked about that book and there's like a great terrible mother in, awful mom in that book Yeah.
2: and the dad in behind the red door is bad but the mom is
0: also pretty bad yeah they are She's good at that. She seems to have like a very happy, well-adjusted life. I feel like there's <laughs> that, like if you're a crime writer, if you have a very happy, well-adjusted life, it just makes you like, more able to write about monsters in, <laughs> in fiction. I don't know. That's what I find for myself.
2: You know, uh, My Dark Vanessa has a really complicated bad mom situation.
0: Yes, I was thinking about that as well. Um, so in in that one, it's this just came out, so maybe people haven't read it, but like it's about a girl who has an affair quote unquote with her English teacher when she's 15 and her mom like sort of knows about it, but like is in denial. And then we don't really know what the dad knows, but the the blame is definitely placed more on the mom for not intervening and doing anything. Wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. But like the dad is there too. It's also his fault. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. Well, the men are busy. The men are busy doing man things. They don't have time for these trifling concerns <clears throat> these are i mean a grown man working an important job doesn't have time to worry about teenage girl stuff come on <laughs> <laughs> i mean the other bad mother i was thinking about because i've been watching a lot of the show lately as we've been on quarantine is um moira from schitt's creek oh i love her i love her too um and i'm finding it interesting so i gotten way behind on this show like i started watching it way after everyone else and i was only in like season two or three and now I'm getting a little further in and it's interesting to me how it really starts out as this like ridiculous comedy right and then as the show goes on they start to make it have a little more like psychological depth and i feel like in season three and four particularly they're showing like how the parents really fucked up their kids like there's like some real shit happening in this in this little sitcom um so i would say they're both pretty terrible parents like moira is definitely the more over the top one but they're both like not great well that's the mom from beetlejuice right yeah she's so awesome she's hilarious but you see how um, it's, like, it's like it's played for laughs at first and then they kind of start to pull back the curtain a little bit and you're like, oh, this is really messed up. Like how she kind of passive aggressively undermines her children all the time and like steals focus like she was a soap opera actress and has to be the center of attention constantly. And there's like no air in the room for anyone else when Moira Rose is there. Uh, and it's funny, but it's also disturbing.
2: Yeah, now I want to go watch that show some more.
1: I would like to mention also um, Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development as just (laughs) she's she's terrible, right? Like she's such a bad mom. She's so bad. She's so manipulative. She's like she's so critical. Um, It's yeah, she's just so much fun to watch.
0: Someone had mentioned her to me recently because, you know, that that popular gif of her where she's like raising the wine glass yeah. and saying good for her I had forgotten but apparently that's from a scene where she's like watching a news report or something about a woman who like drowns her children <laughs> this- oh I, I, I have not fact checked this but someone said that to me and I was like oh, shit, oh my god that's so good because <laughs> I use that gif all the time <laughs> And, in fact, uh, Wendy, you and I use that GIF a lot when we're talking about, like, women who've killed their husbands. <laughs> oh, right. <I> <laughs> That's actually really funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Arrested, Good for her. Arrested Development also has um, Portia de Rossi's character, um, Lindsay, who is also a pretty bad mom. Like, it's – obviously, the show is satire, so it's, like, the – it's – it's it, – it's not the same as um, like depictions of bad mothers in dramas, I feel like, because it's like th- their badness is just, it's so over the top that it's amusing rather than like.
0: Uh, as the British would say, they're taking the piss. Exactly. Yeah. But isn't yeah. it kind of disturbing that we all find their behavior amusing? Like that's thats what I've been thinking about with Shits Creek, like. We all think Moira is so funny, but she's, like, (laughs) really terrible. I mean, they all are in their way. I don't know. That's because we don't really take women that seriously. That's true. She wears a lot of wigs. How can we take her seriously? Oh, man. I love that show. That's really been... I I haven't... Like, Schitt's Creek has been making me very happy right now because I'm afraid to go back and watch some of my old favorite sitcoms, like like Arrested Development, because it's all about these, like, 1% assholes right mm-hmm. like fuck them and then i'm really scared to watch 30 rock again ever i don't know about y'all but like in these political times oh. i'm just like i can't jack donaghy is he would have voted for trump and oh definitely
1: it's too I much could still
2: watch, i could still watch 30 rock i can i can hang because i love tina Fey so much
1: yeah yeah she's she's brilliant in that and mm-hmm. in everything in everything yeah. so no one has mentioned um the related bad mother archetype of the wicked stepmother oh Oh, yes which i feel like possibly there's enough there to do a, a completely different episode but that is like such a theme in so many um you know it's in every disney movie and fairy tales but you'll see it often in I mean you'll see it anytime there's a stepmother basically like is there ever like a good stepmother like it's sort of presented as like this person is always trying to replace your your saintly possibly dead mom (laughs) and Mm -hmm. she's evil and terrible and usually the fathers in these cases have done absolutely zero work to aid in that transition to like a helping this person transition into becoming the stepmother like it's it's pretty much across the board stepmothers are presented as evil and that's really sad
0: it is and but isn't it interesting that we expect a woman who like has children by marriage in a situation like that to like be a good mother and care about them as much as their mother would like i feel like the bar is really high mm-hmm. still yeah. where it's like you're a wicked stepmother if you're not treating them like they're your own kids right yeah
1: i don't know I don't. but think like you, you shouldn't the have to because they're like technically not so it's like it should be you should be allowed to you know parent them the way you would parent like your husband's children but they're not yours like you don't have to take them on as your own you shouldn't have to right so
2: uh, i have a theory about this um tell me what you think but like okay so going back a few hundred years uh a lot of women died in childbirth and so i know the situation was if you're a man and you have kids and your wife dies then you have to get a new wife cuz someone has to take care of these kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so oftentimes A young woman from lower social standing would get sold off kind of into these situations where she's kind of adopted all these kids. So I'm imagining there's some like historical young 18-year-old women suddenly with five kids to take care of and angry at having (laughs) been like sold off into this and maybe being a bitch, you know? Yeah. And then we have all these fairy tales that have been told a million times because of that and made into disney movies etc and so it's almost like a self-perpetuating myth at this point mm. like and maybe people still behave that way you know to some extent like to be handed children to care for that aren't your own i don't know is a, I thought it's of a good quite stepmother. an ask
0: who uh maria from sound of music <laughs> oh. <laughs> but then they almost had a wicked stepmother it was real close there yeah it almost happened <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I have a stepmom, and uh, we've since I was eleven, we have joking, Like I have jokingly call her wicked, and she's referred to herself as wicked.
0: That's cute. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. What do you think about my little like antiquity historical theory? That on makes that? sense to me. I mean, that would be a shitty situation For like, sure. to be expected to suddenly take on all this responsibility, and yeah, I'd be pissed. <laughs> It might be a little wicked. Awesome. Um, well, Wendy, do you want to tell people about the interview we have coming up later in May? Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm going to
2: be interviewing Mindy Mejia. And Mindy Mejia's new book is coming out called uh, Strike Me Down. And it is about female athletes. It has a main character who's really into like high contact kickboxing and there are so many things in this book to like, so we're gonna to talk to her about unpacking the bad mother stereotype. I'm excited.
0: That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at unlikablefcpod for updates, book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening.